1: What's more fun than listening to us in your car or at work every Wednesday or Friday? Seeing us perform an episode of Sinisterhood for you live. We're currently on tour and the first three legs of shows have all been such a blast. Next week, we're headed to Chicago for two different shows on two different nights, two different topics, two different Judge Christies, two different types of laughs. And then we're going (laughs) to end up in Milwaukee. And then we're going to round out the tour in sunny Florida with shows in Tampa and Orlando. At every stop, we choose a local topic and perform an episode of Sinisterhood for You Live. We even throw in a fun bonus segment at the end where we get to hear from you in the audience. I was just
0: talking to a friend today who told me, Never change, Judge Christie; It never gets old. I die every time you do it. And I said done and done. (laughs) (laughs) So tickets for all shows are available now. For details, including dates, times, venues, and more, visit Sinisterhood.com slash
1: live shows. That's Sinisterhood.com slash live shows. See you on the road.
0: Up in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. Could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless. You're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who sinister? I'm gonna kill you. Well, Welcome to Freaky Friday, where we tell your odd but true stories. On this. June 24th, the freakiest of Fridays.
1: I'll tell you what, nothing is freakier than the hubris of man. Yeah. And thinking that it is okay to overturn a 50 year law that Mm. is going to heinously affect so many people in our country and it's uh it's quite upsetting and i know a lot of us feel very defeated today i we are two of those people i don't have a lot of great encouraging words because i don't feel encouraged right now so but we'll all we're all there with you just know that
0: yeah i think we'll, we maybe we'll do a uh We can do like a special bonus episode of like Supreme Court Roundup because there's been... I think that's a great idea. This one's the hugest one. I think it has a a lot of uh, possibility to upset some other things Mm -hmm. like uh, same-sex marriage, interracial marriage. Uh, access to contraception, same sex, uh, sex behind closed doors, who knew that that would be something that they would care about, as well as some justice um, issues with no longer being able to sue for violation of your Miranda rights and a massive decision on uh, being able to uh, access relief whenever you have been wrongfully convicted and, and maybe break down some of the uh, horrifying things that have done this term, uh, been done this term, and then maybe like some ideas of fixing it. So maybe we'll do a whole special episode on some of those, uh, or not an episode, but like a bonus segment or something like that. On the you have you. Uh,
1: such a good grasp on all of that, and people are always so thankful when you explain it in a very understandable way. So I think, um, I think that would be great if we did that, and we'd all. Learn some things maybe we can do to help us not feel like we're just uh, sitting in a room that's on fire. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like that, the meme with the dog Mm -hmm. and the little hat. Mm -hmm. Uh, But
0: this this time this week, we're going to take to tell some strange stories and maybe take your mind off of it a bit. I always worry that it's a bit like singing or uh, playing the violin on the Titanic as it goes down, right. you know what I mean? But I think of that on the office, whenever Michael's trying to make everybody play murder in Savannah and Jim's like, if you're on a drowning rowboat, one of the parents can keep rowing and the other one can play games with the kids. Mm-hmm. So, so this is our, we'll keep rowing, but we'll also play games a little bit. So maybe it'll give you something else to think about for a
1: little bit. For sure. Yeah. Well, we have curated uh, six different varieties of, of stories. Uh, we got some that are just plain odd this the st- <laughs> time, just straight yeah. up odd. So uh, I hope that we, we hope you find them as interesting and freaky as we did. And thank you to everybody that sent them in. And I called for a Bigfoot sighting. I've been begging for it and we got one. Mm, what so, do you have? We're, we're rounding there. this out with a Bigfoot sighting. We sure are. <laughs> Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Carolyn C. And the subject line is, the time I kind of helped solve a murder. I was between jobs back in 2019 and was hired as a content moderator for a dating app. Basically, my job was to take all the reports people would submit regarding other users and review them to see if they actually violated our community guidelines or not. Use your wildest imagination. If you can think it, I probably saw a photo of it. Most of our reports were about unsolicited nude photos, of course. People catfishing, underage users trying to pose as adults, and pretty basic trolling. But every once in a while, we would get something interesting. On this occasion, I got a report titled, He Knows Too Much About a Missing Girl. I had to read the messages between the two users, they were discussing a local missing persons case, just having a casual conversation and saying things like, yeah, isn't it so sad? She was home from college and disappeared. And I would never expect something like this in our hometown. And so on. The user that was reported later followed up with something along the lines of they found her body in the same outfit she went missing in so many days ago. Her death must've been intentional. A few days went by between the timestamps and the messages And the original user messaged the reported user again. Her message to him said, So how did you know that girl died? They just found her body. And the reported user blocked her right away. We escalated the report to law enforcement, and that's as much as I know about it. But I am convinced I may have helped to solve this case. I quit that job a few months later because a lot of the stuff I was working with was just too much for me. Of all the stuff I had the unfortunate task of seeing, this is one of the creepier ones, and it still bothers me three years later. Be safe. Please be careful who you meet from the internet.
0: First of all, this job. Bless your heart. Oh, my God. I knew God. somebody that did this for Facebook, where oh. they had to review reported content, and they said it was extremely emotionally taxing having to view everything. Is, it, is a lot make. of it photos? Videos and photos. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, and he and I was like, well, you know, is it more like sexual? Is more? He said, it's so much violence. Oh, I said, God, do you feel like a clockwork orange where your eyes mm-hmm. are just kind of like? And he said, honestly, it does. I mean, it's just it's severe. So bless you, Carolyn, for doing mm-hmm. this job because you you help make users safer on the platform. But man, at what cost to your mental health? You can't but, unsee yeah. that kind of stuff no yeah and something like this when someone starts like speaking in the past tense about someone who's only just missing
1: mm-hmm. you're like interesting or knows information that, that hasn't even been made public yet and good for the user for recognizing that and and reporting it yeah. that's Trust uh that's very creepy and hopefully um the this information did help with something in in the case three help years ago so not that long ago Well, this next one is from Erin, and this is called Headless Bird. Hello, my name is Erin, and I'd like to start by saying how much I adore the show. I am a licensed mental health counselor, and I so appreciate your openness about your own mental health, support for the benefits of therapy, and care you've taken to address sensitive topics like body image and trauma on the show. So this happened about three years ago. And to this day, I cannot possibly explain what I saw. I was with my boyfriend and our friend, and we were leaving our apartment complex to go to dinner. I was sitting in the back seat. My boyfriend was driving, and our friend was in the passenger seat. We lived in a gated apartment complex, and after you left the gates, you had to drive past two retention ponds lined by sidewalk. It was common to see water birds around this area. It was about 5 p.m., so it was still daylight out. As we drove out of the gate and by the ponds, we saw it. A headless bird. I shit you not. This was a reasonably large black bird, the size of a raven. It was perched on the edge of the curb, which was also connected to the sidewalk that ran parallel to the road. It was standing straight up, but goddammit, it didn't have a head. The stump where the head should have been was bloody and gross, like it had been severed clean off. I yell from the back seat, "'What the fuck is that, a headless bird?' My boyfriend and friend both affirmed that they saw the same thing. We drove by very slow to look at it, which wasn't an issue because we were basically still in the complex. I have to repeat, it was standing up like it wasn't missing its head, like it was just hanging out enjoying the view. There were a few innocuous-looking people maybe about 5 to 10 feet away on the sidewalk, and no one seemed to be batting an eye about the bird.' almost like they didn't see it. We didn't stop and talk to the people on the sidewalk about the bird, although in retrospect, we definitely should have. We kept driving, me in the backseat, just repeating, what the fuck, several times over. The short drive to dinner was spent speculating about what led to the bird's gruesome demise, but none of our possible explanations really made sense. There was no explanation we could come up with about how a decapitated bird would be able to be standing straight up on the edge of a curb beside someone purposely setting it there. It just seemed odd that this would happen in the middle of the day if someone was trying to fuck with people. It is a decently busy area, and I find it unlikely that you could just walk up there to pose a bloody decapitated bird and no one would see you. We returned from dinner quickly, no more than 30 minutes, and when we returned, the bird was gone without any trace on the sidewalk and nowhere around the area. Perhaps it was just some type of freak accident for the bird, and then it was eaten by a vulture while we were gone. To which I counter, vultures always seem to linger around a dead animal for a while, rather than snatching it up quickly and leaving. Maybe it was something more... sinister? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, you see something like this. <laughs> That's an intentionally placed decapitated bird.
1: I meant to Google, and may I ask that you, oh, since you're to. very quick on the Google, I'm ready. how long can a bird live without its head? Because if I'm not mistaken, like chickens, when they get their heads chopped off, they can run around for a few seconds, right? Uh-oh, you look very <laughs> – you look like you found something out. Well,
0: you know Google, there's a new – not to always plug John Oliver, but I will.
1: They have <laughs> always a new plug thing. John Oliver.
0: Uh, I will. He has a new segment on – Google and Facebook and these like media titans and like the different y- yada, yada, yada. But one of them is about Google and it's about how it now scrapes websites so you don't have to go to websites and it just pops up a suggestion for you. So I Googled, How long can a bird live without its head? And it just says in huge font, 18 months. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Well, it scraped it from an article about Mike, Miracle Mike. The headless chicken who lived 18 months without a noggin after a farmer, in a failed attempt, axed off his head and missed the jugular vein. <gasps> so Miracle Mike was eyedroppered milk and water mixture until he met his unexpected, unexpected <laughs> death over a year later when he choked on a kernel of corn. What a story. God
1: bless America. Yeah. How, well, did, they, I don't how think... did they feed it? If it didn't have a head, you just drop it into the neck opening? I guess it went into the throat opening. So it's just got is there a picture? It just has a an opening like you could stick your finger down its throat. Uh yeah, there's a That the seems unsanitary. Like... like all sorts of shit could get in there and cause an infection.
0: Yeah, uh let me if you'd like to see.
1: Is it upsetting?
0: Um, it's a chicken without its head. I'll see it. It's from Huh. I mean, it literally just looks like a chicken without a head. Yeah. I think it's you know, it's um quite kind that they, you know, continued to feed it and it seemed to live. I'm sorry. Is that its head laying by its foot? Yeah, I don't... I wouldn't have put it there. They kept it. They did.
1: Wow. Yeah, this is the story. That thing so. needs a reality show. So, is it possible this... It was attacked by an animal and it, the animal just didn't sever... The jugular, and so it was able to still walk around.
0: Yeah. And it not, I mean, and I guess the argument is if, even if the animal moves or is standing up, is it truly alive? It may just be, you know, guillotine style, like there's some movement, but it's not conscious movement or whatever. But, and then the whole was it a vulture,
1: possibly a coyote, a dog, a fox or something? Squirrel. I think anything that, uh, is a predator it, even if they're smaller than the bird if the bird is incapacitated and yeah. decapitated it's going to be pretty easy prey but that is very alarming and shocking to see that's not something you uh expect to see that's out of a horror film so when yeah. you just casually during the day drive past that that's unsettling and
0: you would hope that Others would have seen it, and you feel a little bit like, am I dreaming Mm -hmm. right now? I'm the only one that seems upset about this. Everyone's just walking by, riding their bikes. Nobody notices it. But, yeah, you just may be, I guess, more uh, perceptive than others. (laughs) You're paying attention.
1: Yeah, it's validating that you had two other people in the car that also saw it. But then you're like, what if it's just us? What if we're all the only ones seeing it, you know? Some Twilight Zone shit. Yeah, wild. Well, this next one is from Brooke. And this is, I was abducted by aliens and they sent me home without all of my parts. Greetings, creepy gals. I discovered your pot a few weeks ago and quickly fell head over heels. After binging Freaky Friday episodes, I knew I had to write. Because have I got a story for you, hold on to your asses because this is a weird one. Let me begin by saying that the story I'm about to share is one of my most vivid memories. I thought I was about five years old when this happened, but upon checking with my mom, I learned I was actually only two or three. The fact that my skull was barely solid and I can still remember every single moment makes the whole thing even weirder. The story opens with baby me, waking up to some very strange surroundings. Everything was dark, but I was not at home in my bed, the preferred habitat for toddlers in the dead of night. I was on the ground in the middle of the street near my house. I was alone. It was pitch black, but I wasn't scared at all. Everything felt completely normal. My grandparents and my Nana lived next door to us at the time, so I decided to pay them a visit. Our neighborhood was dead quiet. My grandparents never locked their door, so I sauntered over, let myself in, and went to the back of the house where Nana's room was. When I walked into her room, I saw that she was asleep. That threw me for a loop. It didn't make sense that Nana would be asleep while I was awake. So I decided to look for my grandparents instead. They weren't in the living room or the kitchen. Again, it did not click that it was the middle of the night. So I went upstairs. When I got there, I found them asleep too. And all of a sudden, I was terrified. I remember feeling like everyone was under a spell, and I was the only person in the whole world. I went downstairs and ran to my own house. I tried opening my front door, but no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't twist the knob. "'That's because the door was locked from the inside. "'By now I'm in a panic. "'I pounded on the door, screaming my head off, "'and a minute later my mother yanked it open. "'To this day, I don't know how she didn't have a heart attack the sight of me on the front stoop. "'She grabbed me and ran me to the bathroom "'to make sure I was okay. "'At this point, the whole house was awake "'and my father was going ballistic.' I remember sitting on the edge of the bathtub and my mother telling me he wasn't angry, he was just scared. They looked me over, declared me unharmed, and decided that I must have sleepwalked out of the house. You know, through a locked door. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now
1: at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The next day, my dad discovered my shoes in the street. So whatever the hell prompted me to go a walk after midnight at least gave me time to don proper footwear. Eventually, everyone's hysteria faded, and the story became ingrained in our family lore. Fast forward 17 years. I was in college in an anxious fucking mess. I've had OCD since I was very young, and I finally decided to try meds to help me out. I was prescribed Prozac, and it fucked me up. I started to have strange episodes. I'd be in work or at school, and all of a sudden I would blank out and start dreaming while I was awake. Basically, I was going into REM cycle without actually being asleep. I alerted my doctor, who sent me to a neurologist, who wanted me tested for narcolepsy. During the initial physical, the doctor asked me when I'd had my tonsils out. This struck me as odd because I'd never had my tonsils out. He disagreed. I had no tonsils, and he was adamant that they had been removed. While I frantically tried to process this information, I remembered my stunning turn as Lady Macbeth in the sleepwalking scene, and suddenly it all made sense. I didn't sleepwalk out of the house. My tonsils and I had been taken Something, likely not of this world, snapped me up, snipped him free, and dropped me back none the wiser. As you've probably guessed, I live my life in fear. Every day I wonder what spare parts the aliens will crave from me next. An appendix, maybe, or a slice of gallbladder? There's no way to know. To this day, the whereabouts of my tonsils remain unknown. Also, I didn't have narcolepsy, just a stupid doctor who had me on way too much Prozac. Keep it Creepy. Wow! Can you imagine finding Simon knocking on the door at two o'clock in the morning? I tried to picture this when I read this, and no, I cannot. It would be <sighs> uh, talk about going ballistic. Yeah, the whole street would be aware something was going on because I'd be screaming my head off. I mean, that's horrifying. It's so little. Yeah, he's he's one and a half. Yeah, she said she's two or three. Yeah, yeah. or even just Ella. Oh and yeah, you, Ella's four and a half. Four. I no. There would be, I'd have so many questions yes and especially if the door was locked
0: mm-hmm.
1: if the door was unlocked or open maybe sleepwalking but the weirdest part of all of this is the tonsils though yes if Where you did they go the only thing my mind can think of and I don't know again I was gonna Google this but I, I forgot Google can you be born without tonsils because I was thinking, If that's possible, maybe she was just born without them, but it was never, I don't know why you would ever know that until it came a time where you were being examined. I don't know. Can you see your tonsils when you just go to the doctor?
0: Yeah, when you open your mouth. I guess so. Yeah, you can see them Mm -hmm. back there. It says, uh, this is from uh, kidsent.com. Okay. What a website. tonsils are lymphoid tissue. That is one of the things that the body uses to fight infections. Uh, that the tonsils are just two lumps of this tissue that happen to stick out enough to be seen in the back of the mouth. It says tonsils are small. Let's see, about the size and the shape of an olive. They're barely visible. It says between the ages of two and five, the tonsils peak in size and may be large enough to touch each other. It's normal for a young child to have large tonsils. Well, I need to know if they... uh, It says babies are born without visible tonsils and adenoids the adenoids begin to grow in the first year of life and peak in size between one and five. So it sounds like you have, you're have you born with them, but then they grow up bigger. I wonder if you can just straight up be born. Yeah, it says some people are born without tonsils, just as some are born without an appendix or wisdom teeth. Mm-hmm. So I, wonder I never if, got all my wisdom
1: teeth in. Oh, well, there you go. So my thought was, if not aliens, perhaps she was born without tonsils and just no one noticed no one until... Noticed? Which would be odd... To go 18 years and no one noticed that with all the doctor's appointments you're going to have.
0: Yeah, I guess unless you uh, – they expect them to grow in between one and three years old. And so they hadn't grown in by then. And then if you, they never grow in, maybe a doctor would just assume they'd been removed. Mm-hmm. And
1: I also read that they can grow back sometimes if, even if you've had yeah, them removed. Yeah, I've heard that, which rude. Don't go. The body. I've never had mine removed. I think Tommy did. Mm. And it's a—it's uh, not a fun experience, the it's recovery like you've been process. you thrown out. Don't come back. You're not invited. <laughs> You're, You're unwanted. unwanted. <laughs> but the locked door, I don't know. Or, or the answer is uh, alien abduction. And those tonsils are on another planet or in a spaceship somewhere. Yeah, they're using them
0: to grow a b- another you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> another Twilight Zone episode. It is. chumba casino.com. necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Website for details. Well, this next one we have is from O Bishop and the subject line is um hello from the other side. My dad and I came up with a very unique sign before he passed. Something only he and I knew but you couldn't see in everyday life. We finally settled on a 2 with a circle around it. In my head, I was picturing a 2 with a loop at the bottom with a circle. Then, a week later, I received a memory book in the mail from my dad with a note on the inside with our sign at the top in his handwriting. I noticed that his two was more of a digital two without a loop at the bottom, and of course, with a circle around it. My dad passed away on March 8. When I say this was the hardest thing ever, I believe that is an understatement. My dad was not my biological dad. He joined our family when I was six years old, and I really don't have any memories before him. He was the dad I needed and didn't know yet. Anyway, my mom decided to spread half his ashes at our lake house. My parents bought the lake house when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. The lake house became a safe haven for all of us. It was a nice distraction from the cancer while making memories that will last a lifetime. The whole family met up on Easter weekend at the lake house to spread his ashes and do a celebration. So about five weeks has passed since his death. During those five weeks, I was looking everywhere for our sign. I knew I couldn't just see the sign anywhere, so I kept my eye out. As the weeks passed, I was getting more and more upset. I was starting to think that this sign was a curse rather than a blessing. My dad and I had plenty of talks about the afterlife. I was always questioning things growing up and exploring different alternatives. Well, one very real option could be there's nothing. I was starting to think this was the case. That Saturday evening, we planted a tree at the house in my dad's memory. We spread his ashes at the lake and around the property. My mom bought these lanterns where you write messages on them and release them into the air. We released those into the air with our personal messages. I went to bed that night, upset. I was questioning everything and honestly had given up hope on just anything. The next morning, I walked downstairs and sat outside with my aunt on the porch, a common gathering place at our lake house. It was a quiet morning, and there was a bit of a nip in the air. Enough to where you'd need a hoodie or a jacket, which is very odd for the South in April at Easter. My little cousin walks out on the porch to say good morning to her mom. I looked up, and I couldn't speak. There was my little cousin, all of four feet tall, if that, still rubbing the sleep out of her eyes, wearing a pink hoodie that has a digital two with a circle around it. I thought my mind was playing tricks, and I kept staring. It wasn't a sports jersey or really any reason for there to be a random two with a circle around it on the sweatshirt. When I finally could talk, I asked, where did you get that sweatshirt? My aunt looks at it and goes, huh, I don't know. Then continues to say that this is just a backup sweatshirt that my cousin never wears, and the only reason she brought it was because she couldn't find her go-to sweatshirt. I cried. My aunt got goosebumps. I have a picture of me and my niece wearing the sweatshirt, along with a picture of my dad handwriting of the symbol. They are identical.
1: I love the idea of having a lake house where you can all go and... It'd be like a safe haven and make memories when there's something like that going on.
0: Yeah, just a place where everybody can meet and have mm-hmm. happy memories and get together. And then, and I also like the idea of, you know, creating a sign with each other that was, you know, a little bit more specific than something mm-hmm. else. Uh, but that can be disheartening if you do create the sign. Mm-hmm. Then if you don't see it, then you're like, oh, it was all for nothing. Yeah. This is,
1: so I love that it finally came along in yes. it such a sweet way. Yes. I think that, um, I recently read from a friend of ours a uh, Father's Day tribute and her dad had passed, but in it she spoke about how um, her and her dad openly talked about how he was going to die because he also uh, was sick. And so I think that there's something really powerful about that, about this dad and, and, you know, being honest with his daughter that like, this is going to happen. So Mm -hmm. therefore like, let's make these memories, let's set up these things so we can still, uh, you know, communicate perhaps. And Mm -hmm. therefore it's not as maybe as it's still, of course, crushing when they pass, but at least there's some comfort in it, I think.
0: Yeah. And the memory books that he sent Mm -hmm. her and things like that, I think are always very, Very, very precious. Well, thank you, O. Bishop, for sending Mm -hmm. that in. This next one is from Anon, and the subject line is, The Mysterious Case of Our Disappeared Neighbor and Friend. My boyfriend and I live in a remote area. It's a densely forested island off the East Coast. It's off-grid and has no stores with only about 100 residents. Most people here are introverts or hermits. Happiest living a peaceful and quiet existence. There are a few that ended up here because they are, no nice way to put it, fucking weird and can't live anywhere else. Five years ago, a youngish guy, I'll call him Logan, rented a cabin and moved on island. He stuck to himself, but we were curious about him and also concerned. It can be hard living here. Finding and chopping enough wood for winter, no grocery stores, and the quiet can eat away at some. We befriended him, and although he was shy, he gradually opened up. Logan had moved here because he had a hard time in the real world after suffering a brain injury, which left him hypersensitive to lights and sounds. He was estranged from his family and didn't have many friends. He was also kind of physically fragile, so we helped him out sometimes with heavier-duty chores that are a part of life here. As months went on, we got to know him, and he started opening up. Logan was funny and smart, and we enjoyed his company. He told us about books and stories he was reading, including a few about people who had staged their deaths by disappearing into nature. He told us about his interest in more supernatural things—Bigfoot, fairies, and the spirits of the forest. He even told us that sometimes he went into the woods and sat for hours, communing with the supernatural beings. The only way off-island is by a commercial boat that operates a few times a week, and we all use it to get groceries and stuff on the mainland. In the summer and fall, Logan would canoe over. In mild weather, this isn't too bad, but even then we worried about him due to his near constant physical and mental fatigue. He didn't like interacting with a lot of people, and he preferred to do it this way. Later that year, it was pretty terrible weather. In the winter, the passage becomes really rough, and it just isn't advisable to cross in a canoe. We encouraged him to use the boat service in the winter and offered to do some of his shopping while we were in town, and sometimes he took us up on the offer. One day, he dropped by to invite us for dinner the next week and told us he would text us the details. We agreed, but one week turned into two, and we hadn't heard from him. We didn't want to be overbearing, but after three weeks, we wanted to make sure he was all right. We drove up his driveway, and there was no smoke coming from his chimney. It just felt so off. We called out his name, but no answer. We knocked on his front door and looked in the window, but there was no sign of him. As we rounded the corner, we could see that his back door was open. Instead of feeling relief, we felt a bit panicked. Just inside the open door were his slippers that looked like he had just stepped out of them. We looked inside the door and saw a pot of soup with a ladle in it on the stove, a bowl and spoon empty beside it. There was even a piece of buttered bread beside it with one bite. The soup was cold and the bread was rock hard and the house was freezing. We went room to room, scared we would find him in an awful state, but there was no sign of him. We called police, but after telling them the circumstances, they didn't seem too concerned. As we all know, adults are free to up and leave and blah, blah, blah. It took a while to get them out here, but when they finally did, they looked for his canoe and couldn't find it. They told us we should assume he drowned. It was heartbreaking. To this day, we think of Logan. Some days we're convinced he did drown, but others we worry something even more disturbing happened to him. As I said, there are a couple of weirdos here who do have a history of sometimes erratic, violent behavior. Sometimes we wonder if he staged his own death and disappeared into nature, just like the stories that intrigued him. On the best days, I like to think he found a connection with the supernatural beings he says he felt in the forest and that he retreated into the magic and comfort that he found there. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need
1: for the for all the yeah. that isolation and just the hard work and everything i'm sure it's gorgeous and mm-hmm. if you like solitude then it's it's awesome but even if you like that i think it would there are times where it's still very uh difficult so oh yeah it's nice that you have neighbors that look out for you and help you out with things and that someone knew like it's weird we haven't heard from him let's go check mm-hmm. on him and yeah uh what do you what do you think about this I uh, I wonder if, like she said, he he
0: mentioned that, and maybe he mentioned that people, you know, stage their deaths or go walk off into the forest because that was something that he planned. Mm-hmm. And if he had lost connections with his family, that's well, maybe it was his plan. Moving up there all along was mm-hmm. to like plot out what he was going to do. On the alternative, it sounds like he was pretty committed to isolation. And if you are you know, well, I need to go to the island, but boy, or the mainland, and boy, I really don't want to ride that ferry with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be willing to go, well, I know they told me not to do it, but I I can risk it. And you know, if you, you're newly moved up there, you don't understand the undertaking you're going under. But I also, the setting is what disturbs me, is mm-hmm. having the door open, halfway eaten pot of soup, half-eaten bread, slippers like you slipped out of them. Were you making dinner, lunch, whatever? heard something outside, opened the door, and there was, I don't know what type of animals are in this area. You know, there was some sort of animal incident, like she said, an incident with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. Even if it wasn't somebody that lived on the island or passed by or something, I don't know, it sounds like it, you'd have to really want to be there if mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. headed to that island. But that. That is less likely, or he staged it, and he thought, well, maybe if I stage it this way, they don't, th- they won't think that I walked mm-hmm. off. But that definitely is chilling. That is somebody that you've con- created a connection with, and you like them, and you started care for them, and then they're just gone, and it's the sad, police just yeah. say, just "I mean, there, were,
1: yeah." Unfortunately, because they are an adult, it's like, well, if he wanted to leave, he can leave, and if there's no sign of foul play or anything, you know, what can they do? It sounds less like he would have gone to to the mainland to me because of the setting like why would you leave food that you're in the process of eating out and and cooking and and you know i mean you would finish doing that before you like left because i don't i'm guessing it's not like you just jump in your car and run to the store for something forgot to like row a boat to the mainland and that's a whole outing yeah, you have to dress for it, boots and yeah, everything and you so, don't want to leave your soup it and sounds, the door being open. It sounds disturbing. more like uh like you said there was he heard something and went outside or I think there is something too, that he may have staged this and if that was something he was interested in and he specifically told them about that and you know I mean that might even be a way of kind of letting someone know like hey if I ever if you ever can't find me just here's a little breadcrumb I'm leaving you like, don't worry. It might be something I chose to do on my own. So I don't know. Uh, it's it's also very interesting to me that someone living in that type of life of such solitude and isolation would feel the need to go a step further and fake their death to be you know, completely off the grid when you're – it sounds like you're about as off the grid as you can get without doing that. So it's a uh, – that's a – Head scratcher for sure. Yeah, it sounds like he felt
0: comfort in the forest, and mm-hmm. maybe the yeah, it's, he like she said, maybe he found the magic in the comfort and and uh communed with the supernatural yeah. beings. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of supernatural beings, here we are. Diana D came through <laughs> with the Sasquatch <laughs> dream come true. Thank you, Diana. This one, the subject line is Sasquatches. Lighthearted and no crying required. I hope. There's no sad
1: Sasquatch encounter. <laughs> Sasquatch sad Squatch sad Squatch <laughs> just a cry Sasquatch.
0: All right, Diana writes. Hello. I live in an area known for Sasquatch sightings. First of all, I would like to live there. <laughs> she says, I was driving through the mountains with my baby asleep in the back seat. I usually check down the river and such along this road to see if I could see a Sasquatch. I was slowly going through a very wooded area when I heard thumping saw the bushes from across the road from me moving, and saw the top of a black, fuzzy head about nine feet tall moving through the trees. I knew this was it. This was the time for my Sasquatch sighting. I pulled to the side but stayed in the car and was ready to drive off as I was a mildly responsible parent and I didn't want the baby to be a Sasquatch snack. I watched the top of his head moving slowly through the bushes when it suddenly turned towards me and started coming my way faster than it had been moving prior. I got my phone, and I was ready to take a picture of this sasquatch coming out the trees. It burst forth, and it was a lady on a horse. Her riding hat was the fuzzy head I'd seen. She stopped when she saw me with my phone up and pointed at her. We stared at each other awkwardly, so I finally rolled down my window and said, I, uh, thought you were a sasquatch? She shrugged, and her facial expression suggested she'd been mistaken as a sasquatch more than once. Alas, That was the closest I've come to a Sasquatch so far. But here's hoping a real one stumbles my way one day. Fingers crossed.
1: How many times (laughs) do you think this lady has been mistaken for a Sasquatch? That she was just like, yep, I get that a
0: lot. I see. uh, If I am living in an area known for Sasquatch sightings, and I want to go ride my horse in the forest, I'm putting on a Sasquatch suit.
1: (laughs) Damn. Well, that's brave. Give the people what they want. Yeah, but also you get shot. Everybody's trying to catch sasquatches. Well, lots of people are hunting sasquatches. What's that dude that said he had a sasquatch in his basement? Ended up, I think it was a raccoon or something. (laughs) Remember we covered it on? uh, I I think it was a Patreon thing. Yeah, or no, it was on our Bigfoot episode. People that think they've captured sasquatches, but who knows what they are? I think they're They're not to be captured.
0: They're to be beloved and. Uh, they're b- made sacred and wholesome and just let them live their happy lives. Well, that's like all what cryptids. you want.
1: But if you go out dressed as one, there's a chance somebody tries to capture you. I'm going to be a Sasquatch hunter
0: hunter. That if you're hunting oh, Sasquatch,
1: I'm hunting like you. Like a poacher's, uh You go after poachers.
0: Yes. I am on the Sasquatch Preservation Squad.
1: <laughs> you know what? There's probably one of those you can become a member of. So, uh,
0: Big up to Diana, though, for not just going... Maybe it was a Sasquatch, and keep driving. and You're like, hell no! I'm pulling over. Hang on a minute, I gotta get my phone <laughs> with out. My kid is sleeping
1: in the back seat.
0: <laughs> if if you later on your kid grows up and you go, one day I was driving with you, and I think I saw a s- Sasquatch, but I was worried, so I kept going. Your kid would be like, you didn't stop, <laughs> so you did the right thing. And you I did think the right staying thing. in the car with the windows up that's the right thing you didn't leave the baby as bait or as mm-hmm. sasquatch bait so i think that was although i think sasquatch would be gentle and would just like hold the baby it would you know come take it and raise it as its own
1: yes mm-hmm. <laughs> like when well, thank you when uh gorillas uh when tragically like children have fallen into zoo pits and the gorilla just picks up the baby and, like takes oh, it God. over to to the zookeeper which that's what how we all want that those situations to end we're gonna
0: imagine let's not bring it on ourselves <laughs> but if we do see a sasquatch i imagine that was what would, they would do it's like harry and the hendersons they're sweet love
1: that movie yes well thank you all so much for everyone that sent a story in if you have an odd but true story maybe you've encountered bigfoot you've seen ufo you had a brush with true crime or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being send them in at Friday.
0: And if you're in the Chicagoland area this coming week, we're doing two shows in Chicago on June 29th and 30th. It's going to be two separate stories, two separate nights, two separate Judge Christie. So if you have a ticket to one, you can get a ticket to the other. If you can only make one, that's okay. You can hear the other one later, but go to both if you can. And then we're going to be in Milwaukee on Friday, July 1st. And we're very excited to cover the Milwaukee topic as well. It is... Uh, it's one that we're gonna get to go visit, and you mm-hmm. those are always our favorites. All three of these we can go visit. Yeah. So it's gonna be a great trek, and then after that we'll be in Tampa and Orlando, and that will round out our tour for a hot minute. We're gonna be back in Dallas for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So get your tickets while you can at Sinisterhood.com/slash live shows.
1: We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show.
0: As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-show this month is the Murdoch update on what's going on in South Carolina, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including... Emma the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. We recently posted uh, Off My Chest, which we covered some true confessions from Reddit. We also did a live stream of that, so you can watch a video version of that And if you're in the Getting Into It tier. And we have a full HD recording of the Cleveland show where we covered the Ohio State Reformatory. If you want to watch what a live show is like, uh, if you can't be there, you can at
1: least experience on Patreon. Mm -hmm. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest and true crime share personal ghost stories or just post adorable pictures of your pets we hop on occasionally and we host monthly q a's on crowdcast where you can ask us all your burning questions and if you can't make those live we always post the replays of that and we post just the audio too in case you can't watch something you want to just listen to it in your car and when you sign up for patreon all of that is immediately unlocked for you
0: for our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of
1: membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner.
0: So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming, and if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag, like T-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, or your baby Sasquatch, visit SinisterHood.com
1: and click shop in the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. If you want to share an episode, you can go to SinisterHood.com slash playlists and you'll find
0: playlists for all of our various Uh, topic types and if you can share freaky fridays you can share cryptid only episodes anything you want you can also share this episode by clicking the top three buttons in the left corner and you can follow us on instagram and twitter at sinisterhood pod like us on facebook at sinisterhood and we are on tiktok and youtube
1: christy where are you on the computer i am on twitter and tiktok at christy or gtfo and i am on instagram at christy m wallace heather I am doom scrolling on the Twitter at
0: MCK versus the world and doing the same on Instagram at Heather versus the World. As always,
1: the devil rules the airwaves, keep it creepy
0: Sinister.